0: Thank you for tuning in to The Ilona Effect. This show is a one-on-one interview with a woman who spent a majority of her life as a heroin addict. We will discuss the strong grips of addiction and how it affected her relationships with family, marriage, work, and all other aspects of her life. Our subject will be interviewed by her estranged son. The son who was abandoned as an infant and left for her parents to raise. His mother has agreed to tell the complete and honest truth, no matter how hard it will be to hear.
1: started seeing other guys and then grandpa found that house that was across the street from Gloria Day remember that house Mm -hmm. and I moved in there and I was planning once again to have all you guys with me and the family and the whole thing and then lo and behold I met Frank
0: where did you meet him
1: well, my friend Cheryl, the one that I knew from high school, I used to party with mm-hmm. at Pal all the time. She had a a fourplex. She rented part of a fourplex downtown. And up above her, there was these two young girls. They were like 18 years old. One of them had a baby. And, and I met them through her. So one time... I had ran into one of those two young girls, Jamie was her name, that lived upstairs, but she didn't live there anymore. She lived in another apartment in downtown, and she invited me to come up. So I go up there. Oh, she goes, I gotta get home because there's somebody watching my kid. So we go up to her apartment and there's this, Gorgeous man standing there in the, in the living room by the window drinking a wine or a cocktail or something. I don't know. And I was like, oh, my God. And I thought, oh. And then he started showing the interest in me. And I couldn't believe it because of my low self-esteem. And, I, and um, anyway, he was the guy that was watching her kid. So he asked me for my phone number, and I gave it to him. And then, like, just the next day or two, he called me, and uh, and I went and I picked him up, and then he was strung out on heroin, but at the time I didn't know it. But he He like he would go and steal out of stores. And then either, um, and then he had what we used to call fences. It was people who buy different items that he stole for like half price. So at first, I was just like his um, transportation, and he would be doing all this stuff. And then, like a dummy, I start shooting heroin with him. I had done it before, but I never had been strung out. Didn't know what that was all about, so um, so I start doing a little bit with them, and before I know it, I'm strung out on heroin, and I didn't know what that was. I remember one morning we were in a phone booth and calling the connection to bring us some, and I was really sick. Like I, I felt like I had a bad case of. Flu, no energy, and my stomach was upset, and my eyes and nose were running, and I was cramping, and I just, I was sick to my stomach. And he looked at me, he goes, well, you're hooked. And I didn't even know what that, that was, you know? And so anyway, it's like, you have to have it. And if you don't, you get really, really, really sick, and you can't function, and it's horrible. And, um, but you got to keep doing it to feel normal. And so I remember one time we were in a Mervyn's store and he was boosting clothes, that we used to call it boosting, stealing clothes. And he stuck the merchandise in my purse. And I walked out and the next thing I know, I'm boosting too, right along with him. And,
0: Shoplifting? Yes. So... This is when you <coughs> lived in the house that you just mentioned across from Gloria Day mm-hmm. where I went to elementary right. school. Where was Amy and Angela
1: at Grandma Willows?
0: At their dad's
1: mm-hmm. mom mm-hmm.
0: When did they go there? I feel like we skipped ahead because Angela would have just been born. Where, well, where, where I did live, you live? No, I
1: lived in that apartment for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. When Angela and was And then born? I
1: think I had them there at that house for a while.
0: Amy and Angela? Living yeah. with you there?
1: Yeah. And okay. I wanted you there, too.
0: I remember. I remember I was there once when you moved in and you were saying how we would put posters up in the room and stuff like that. And I don't remember everything after that, but I I don't know if I would have asked my grandmother or grandfather if I could live there or stay there or whatever. Did you ever have a conversation with them about that? Okay.
1: No, because... I don't know. It was like, I don't know. Just nothing was really ever talked about.
0: Yeah. I think I was like eight or nine. I'm going to assume. That um,
1: was an, that was an 80. That was like an 81, 80, 80 uh, 81.
0: I would have been nine or 10. Yeah. Okay, so what's the time frame of you living there with Amy and Angela, your two daughters, Mm -hmm. and you meeting Frank and them, and then Amy and Angela living at their grandmother's house? How did all that happen?
1: They just went over there to stay and kept staying there and I was out running amok with with Frank. And once again nothing was ever discussed or talked about. It just sort of happened.
0: So you're having kids and then you're going out and partying and then those kids are left at their parents' their grandparents' houses. Yeah.
1: That's what happened.
0: So Amy and Angela, would they, what was, was their dad living there with them?
1: Sometimes, but he, but he would go live with his different girlfriends. So he wasn't there like consistently.
0: I guess one thing you'd mentioned in a previous episode was when you set your mind to something like when you were talking about right, getting out of juvenile hall mm-hmm. and doing good in school. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that.
1: Why didn't I set my mind into having my kids?
0: Yeah, but what was the minds? What would you do or what did you know you were doing when you were when you focused on doing something like that? I don't
1: know. I just kept, I guess that in my mind and set it as a goal and and did it. Okay. But that was not this as an excuse but that was like before the the real heavy hard drugs and the alcohol. I mean as bad as I wanted to quit it was like once that disease gets a hold of you I wanted I wanted to quit more for you kids than I did for me. And then when I first got into recovery, they said, you got to want to do it for yourself. And I wanted it so bad. I mean, that's why I went into recovery so many times. And I wanted it more for you guys than for me. And, you know, it just took a long time to get there.
0: So I guess another thing... Mm-hmm. A question is, if you knew, I mean, obviously you had a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. It was be good for a while. You started to party, got out of control. Why, Why did you continue to have children if you wanted to have the party lifestyle?
1: I don't know. I wasn't thinking straight. I wasn't thinking clear. I... I kept hoping things would change. How so? Well, I, I was hoping that, you know, I, 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 you know, quit doing what I was doing and I could have you guys and be a mother to you and stuff. And it just didn't happen. I didn't make it happen. I wanted it. I wanted it really bad. I always wanted it. It just didn't happen. I didn't. I I don't know, until I hit, like, my rock, 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 rock bottom and got into um, recovery. I just thought I was a bad person, you know? And I didn't realize all this stuff until I got into recovery. I just... I don't know. Yeah, you'd think I wouldn't keep having kids, you know, with me not taking care of them and them being forked out to grandparents and stuff. But I did.
0: So what What was would go through your mind when you were out? I mean, because there were small periods of time here and there where your kids, where your children live with you. Mm-hmm. But it seems like really small periods of time. Like a less than a year, a year, a couple years. Yeah. So when you were out, did you ever think of your kids? Mm. What was going through your Every
1: head? Every friggin' day. Every friggin' day. It wasn't that I didn't love you. It wasn't that I didn't care about you. It was that I was in a grip of something horrible, and I didn't know how to get out of it for a long time. I don't know. Just, I don't know why I did that.
0: Did any... Did any of the grandparents ever, like, sit down and talk to you? Never. It was just, we're taking the kids and you go do what you're going to do?
1: Yeah, nothing ever was discussed or talked.
0: Did you you ever want to talk to them about anything? No. You just...
1: When I got into recovery, I did. You know, I, you know, that's all I wanted was to get you guys back and, and have a decent home life and.
0: I'm wondering what there seems to be like, what is the point where it was like, this is the point of no return. But when you met Frank You had more children, right? Yeah. And that was during heroin, right?
1: And you know, to be completely honest, I think that part of it was that, like when I was with, and when I was with Frank, and I thought, you know, oh, we're going to get married, we're going to have this family, we're going to have the white picket fence, and I love them so much, don't want to have their babies, and I, I think that I want a lot to do with it.
0: Did you think that having babies with them would change them? Yeah. But you were also in it. Do you think it was going to change you since you've already gone through it twice or three times at that
1: point? I probably wasn't even thinking of that.
0: Well, the first guy you were with beat you and cheated on you and that wasn't gonna work out, but you thought it might. And then you get with another guy who is a heroin addict. You knew that you know this right off the bat. Do you do you honestly think that you can change that person that's that far
1: at the time I did both times.
0: So, did you think okay? So, if you thought that you could help change them and make the life that you wanted, did you think that you would be able to get out of that grip of addiction too?
1: Yeah, that's what I wanted.
0: Well, let's talk about Frank then. Mm-hmm. So You were at your friend's apartment, and you've met Frank, and you were talking about how he would go and shoplift and Mm -hmm. so.
1: To support his habit and sell the stuff, or we got to where we were returning the stuff to the store and getting refunds for it.
0: So you said that you were just driving him around.
1: At first.
0: Were you guys together?
1: Event we were like
0: I mean were you like dating or well, was he we just were, using you for your car
1: pretty much pretty much but then it developed into more and more
0: and was he at the house where you lived
1: yeah we after we started doing that we were together 24 7
0: okay and that was at that house right by my school right and at that point Amy and Angela were at their grandparent, mm-hmm. and I was with them. Right. Okay. So, what happened there? How did that all... What did you all do? What? Because you got pregnant two more times with him. So, what was we this... We were
1: just out running every day from the time we got up till the time we went to bed at night. It was, a, it was like a... Job. It was like a hustle, and that's all we did.
0: Shoplift?
1: Every day, all day. Shoplift, get the money for it, get the dope, do the dope, and go into La La Land. And that's how it was 24-7.
0: And how are you paying for rent?
1: I was on welfare.
0: And are you getting welfare for your for your children? Yes. Was he on welfare?
1: No. He wasn't on anything.
0: How did he have money? Just stealing? Stealing. But all of it went to
1: Throws. heroin? Yes.
0: Okay, go ahead.
1: You know what? I don't feel like I can do any more of this today. Okay. Okay. <sighs> This is is the part I got into when I was writing my memoirs that I stopped. Because it's it's so horrible. It's just horrible. Okay.
0: (laughs) It'll be good to get it out,
1: though. (laughs) Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I've done all kinds of work on, on, on this stuff, well, on all, on all of it, um, you know, cause, bad, bad, bad stuff happened, and, stuff that I blame myself for, and then I found out when I got into recovery, that, it wasn't my, um, wasn't my fault, and, <laughs> it just, it's, You know, traumatic stuff and, and, you know, talking about it, writing about it, bringing it back up. It's painful.
0: Do you want to talk about something else or are you kind of... Yeah, your capacity.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty yes, I'm pretty upset with myself. (laughs)
0: Okay.
1: I can put you to work on your chores. (laughs)
0: Well, I I want you to know that there's no judgment from me.
1: I don't see how there can't be, Jason. (laughs) Well You got I think I'm Delta shitty hand.
0: I think I've had enough time to process it and now I need, I want to know because I feel like even though I got dealt a shitty hand, I still don't know any of the story.
1: Well, you know, some of it. Yeah. It was, you know, it was like, I consider myself a survivor. I survived all this crap. Yeah. Yeah. But I was the one who did the crap to myself and their way around me. I survived myself. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. I do think the best thing that you could have done was not keep us with you.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm
0: not... When I ask these questions, I'm not asking them as, why did you do that to me? Or why did you abandon me? Or why did... It's not that. It's what happened to make that happen. And I'm just trying to figure that part out. I know that if I had grown up with you, I'd probably be dead. I would have probably been hooked on... Who knows what I would have done? Because even though I lived with grandma and grandpa, I was still wild, not to... Maybe your degree, but I was. I'm not a saint by any means. Yeah,
1: but you probably just did the, you know, the regular teenage stuff that kids do. I mean, I don't think you took it to any extreme.
0: I guess I, what I'm saying is I'm asking to try to understand, to understand addiction and understand you and what you went through and it's it was better that we didn't well for me anyway I know if I had lived with you I would have been in and out of jail and prison and all who knows I probably wouldn't have made it past my well, 20s you were,
1: you were safe and that was that was a big comfort for me and even though Amy and Angela had to live with that grandma and, you know, and it was like rough on them. They were safe. I mean, I knew that you guys had a roof over your head, lived in a clean place, had clean clothes, food in your stomach, um, got taken to school, gotten taken care of, you know, all that stuff, which, which was good. You know, what I didn't realize is how the not having the parents and the not having the um, conventional, so-called conventional home life and stuff.
0: Well, you had a conventional home life. And look what.
1: What do you mean? You
0: had a mom and a dad and a house. Right. And you. But what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is. Having a conventional white picket fence, like you say, mom and dad family, doesn't always mean it's
1: well, it the just, best way. But, well, it depends on um, It depends on what kind of nurturing and stuff goes on in that white picket fence. Exactly. Which I didn't have. You didn't have. I don't think any of them have it. Right. So.
0: Right. So I'm just trying to show that what looks good from the outside doesn't mean right. that it's good. Yeah. Now, it was better than me being on the streets with you. Right now, yeah. because
1: God knows what would happen. Yeah.
0: Who knows what would happen? And the whole mom and dad being apart, you know, you never know. I guess I guess one of the biggest like storylines in my life is my biological father. Right. So, and last time we talked, it's like when you told me that that's not a hundred percent, my first, my first. I had told
1: you that before though. And I don't think you remember. Do you remember when, um, when, Andrea started binging and purging, and we all started going to counseling. Even one time, even Grandma and Ruby mm-hmm. came, and we were seeing that mm-hmm. Asian lady over there off Franklin Boulevard by Florin Road. Do you remember that? Yep. And we went to sessions for a while, mm-hmm. and we were, we were getting everything out in the open, and and you asked me about it, and I told you, and I told you who I thought it was, but that it wasn't a 100. Do you yeah, remember that? I do
0: remember that. But I don't, I, no, I don't remember you saying that. I did. I'm sure you did, but I was in my own
1: And then space, another question doing. that was brought up. Is
0: that? Yeah, don't worry about it. Are
1: you sure? Yeah. Is it, um... <laughs> The counselor asked us if anybody had prostituted, and Mm. you said, well, what do you consider prostitution? (laughs) (laughs) And I was shocked when you said that.
0: Yeah, I was, I was, I don't remember what I was doing back then. I was great. I was out being out of control. I know I I remember going there, but I don't remember what we discussed. I do remember, I think at that point I wasn't drinking. And I remember saying how much money I was saving by not drinking.
1: And I know that you, you mentioned during that time that you were happy that we were all in counseling, that we all needed it. Yeah,
0: I do remember that. I remember. Looking forward to going and having everybody oh. sitting around because the best times that I can remember is when it would be either Christmas or Thanksgiving or a birthday party. And it was when when all of my sisters and I, we, when we were all in the same space and we could just talk. And we would talk about all the stories and because we didn't grow up together but when we would sit down and talk we could piece all the things together you know and say oh remember that and when they did that and what happened there because even though we all lived very close to each other we didn't live with each other right you know so it was more like cousins getting together and right talking right. and stuff like that those were always That's I always looked forward to that. So when all of us went to that counseling thing, I just thought I remember thinking this is probably the healthiest thing that we could do because Grandma Ruth never talked about anything. So when she was in there, I was like, well, that's a big deal.
1: I think she only came once.
0: Yeah. And she probably didn't say anything.
1: Well, I remember the the counselor asking her. Oh, she says, so you're the matriarch of all of this. And then she asked her a question about grandpa's suicide. And grandma, she just sort of said something like, I forget exactly what she's, what the lady said. And I, but grandma said something about, yeah, when he did that, you know. Mm-hmm. What do
0: you remember about that? The
1: suicide?
0: Yeah. it's. I was, so when, when that happened, my best friend at the time.
1: Had spent the night.
0: He was there.
1: Who was that, Garrett?
0: Garrett. And so he had come after school. I think it was a Friday. It must have been to come. And for you the were
1: weekend. at um, Christian Brothers? He. Or West Campus?
0: This. It was Christian Brothers. It was my freshman year. And I remember I got home, either I walked home or Grandma Willa brought me home because she was Mm -hmm. a teacher next door. Mm -hmm. And and so just recently I was talking to him on Facebook and I asked him if he would want to talk, you know, interview or write something, if if there was anything that he remembered about that night. And did he
1: remember anything?
0: Um, This was just like a few days ago, so So, he hasn't replied yet. So
1: what happened, you and him got to the house and there was police there or something? No. How did that
0: go? Okay. This is what I remember. Uh Uh-huh. So I remember school was out and I would wait out front with all the other kids to get picked up. Right. And he normally would pick me up and he didn't pick me up.
1: Oh, Grandpa would.
0: Yes, he would pick me up from school.
1: He didn't pick you up in that blue ice cream truck, did he?
0: That was, he didn't have that then. Oh, okay. He had a, a little blue Nissan or Datsun truck, a real oh, okay. piece yeah, of junk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he didn't show up. And I, th- this is part I don't remember exactly. I don't know if I walked over to Grandma Willa her school and got a ride or if I walked home but now that I think about it I walked home
1: was Garrett with you
0: no he went to a different school oh so I walked home because I remember if I had been dropped off she would have probably waited or something like that but honestly I don't know now but anyway so I walked up the driveway and our garage door wasn't a garage door it was a sliding glass right, door because right. they converted the garage to the family room yeah. so that door was locked i didn't have a key all the doors were locked and so i was starting and i knew how to shake the door to get it off the hinge and i could get in the house the
1: sliding glass one yeah yeah
0: so i was doing that and then the curtain opened from the inside and grandpa was standing there and he had blood all on his arms And so he opened the door, because I had been trying to get in for probably five, ten minutes.
1: Now, this was the first attempt, right?
0: This was right, well, it's the same day.
1: The first attempt and the second attempt were on the same day?
0: Unless there was another one I don't know of.
1: Because I, I don't know where I remember this from, but I remember saying that he had tried to slit his wrist. Right. But that thought was I when I. It was a different time.
0: No, it was the same day.
1: Oh wow!
0: So, if he had succeeded, I would have come home and found him dead in the bathroom. Because so grandma
1: wasn't there. No. And he was in that little bathroom in the family room.
0: Yes. Well, that's where all the blood was.
1: Well, what did he say when he came out with this?
0: He said that he. So when he when he pulled the curtain open and I had the door open. I said what happened because he was covered in blood and he said he cut himself trying to fix the lawnmower and I don't know what I thought I was just like okay well I hope you're okay right and then when I looked in the bathroom there was blood all over the bathroom
1: like a lot yeah wow
0: all over the sink and all over the floor enough to and on I was, his
1: clothes and stuff yeah
0: and his arms were all like cake, dry. Broke. I
1: never knew that. Yeah. But I had heard that he had tried to kill.
0: That was that was that afternoon.
1: With the cut in his wrist.
0: That's what it must have been. Because I didn't but know. I, it, I didn't even know any of this until I talked to you when I was 21 years old and you told me what actually happened. So
1: you didn't know he committed suicide? No. You did not know that.
0: No, not until you told me when you were in rehab. And I came and visited you one of the first times when I was married to the girl's mom. And then I think one of those times we stopped and came over, you told me all the stuff. Like, all of it. About and I,
1: the suicide?
0: That was just one of the things. I got,
1: oh, I told you a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I don't remember that. But I didn't know you didn't know that.
0: No. Not until... Well,
1: where were you when they found him hanging?
0: I was in the bedroom, but they didn't tell me anything. Or let me... Well, I'm gonna get to all that. Okay,
1: let me go to the bathroom. I didn't know that about you finding him with the blood and stuff. Huh. Huh. Hmm. That's the first time I ever heard of that.
0: So, so when I got home, there was all the blood. He said he hurt himself on the lawnmower. And then... Was
1: he like coherent? Was he acting weird? Yeah, well, he
0: always kind of acted
1: strange.
0: Well, how old was he at that point?
1: Sixty-something. So... Well, he was older than I thought he was, because according to his records and the genealogy stuff, he was born in 19. I thought he died at the age of 68, but actually it was the age of 70, because he he always told me he was born in 18, but then he had to say 17 because of the Army, but the stuff in the genealogist, says, he was born in 1915. Oh, really? So he would have been 70.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so then once I got in the house, everything was, I mean, normal. And I waited for my, when Garrett got there, we just, you know, we hung out and did computer stuff. And and then he spent, he spent the night. And at some point, Grandma must have come home. And I don't know. I don't know what happened because we were just. We didn't I don't know, we didn't go out there.
1: So had he already done that one before she got home? What? Huh? Cut
0: him? No. So that happened. No. He was he was alive and walking. He was just I guess trying to fix himself. I don't know, he, he had
1: himself. Yeah,
0: he had like he had stuff wrapped around his arm. Um and then You know, we went to bed and then in the middle of the night, I don't know what time it was. My grandma came in, woke us up and said, the police are here. They want to they want to talk to you. Grandpa's dead or something to that effect.
1: Oh, see, I didn't know it happened in the middle of the night either. I thought it happened in the morning.
0: Well, no, it was in the night because it wasn't morning yet. And the police were in the. So then Garrett and I we went into the kitchen and Ruby was there and grandma was there and the police were there. And now
1: how was Ruby and Grandma acting?
0: They were crying. They were? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I I don't remember everything the police asked, but he just I remember like, did you hear anything or did you come out here or anything like that? and I don't remember I don't I I didn't hear or see anything you were sleeping. I was out I feel like Garrett told me at one point he got up to go to the bathroom and heard stuff or like what I don't know and that's why I want to talk to him uh, to see if what he actually remembers just just to have that information and then we went back to bed and then when, when we woke up
1: Did you cry when you found out he was dead?
0: I don't think so because I didn't know what actually was happening. Um, And then when we woke up, grandma told us that Garrett's mom was going to come pick us both up and take me to their house. And I remember looking out into the front yard and the whole front yard was taped in police tape. Like a crime scene, mm-hmm. said. Do not. I remember it said, "Do not cross, police."
1: Right, the yellow right? tape, something yeah. like that.
0: And so, from that point, Garrett's mother came and picked us up, and I spent the weekend there. And that's all that I knew
1: did about Garrett. What did Garrett's mom say?
0: Nothing that I can remember.
1: Well, she must have known something happened.
0: Well, yeah. I mean. She picked us up because she knows something happened, but I don't know. I mean, I don't remember her saying anything except sorry or, you know, she didn't talk about it. And nobody talked to me about it until you told me that he'd committed suicide. And at that point, I was at least 22 years old. And when that happened, I was...
1: 14?
0: Yeah. I was a freshman of high school. So... What where? I remember you told me a story about, about when grandma and I, because all of this happened that summer, the eighth grade summer, grandma and I went to Germany, you and grandpa went gambling in Tahoe. And he mortgaged the house or took a loan against the house?
1: That's what grandma said. I didn't know that for sure. I just went with him one time. But evidently he'd been doing it for a while and like took a loan out on the house or something.
0: Okay. So that was that summer. And what, what? Is that
1: the summer you went to, that was the summer you went to Germany.
0: Right. And then when I got back, I went to Christian Brothers High School. And that was the year that it happened. And from what I recall is that when we were gone, and maybe he had been doing it, I don't know, prior, but he had taken a mortgage against the house and spent it all or gambled it all away that summer when we were gone. And then you told me that you had gone with him. What? Tell me about that.
1: I didn't already tell you about that.
0: You did, but
1: oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't remember all of it. It mean, it's well, years and years ago. Well, nothing. He
1: just um, I'm strung out on heroin. It's after Frank's died. Um, and he asked me if I wanted to go to Tahoe with him, and. I said, yeah. He said, give me some money to gamble with, and I said, yeah. So we took a um, Greyhound bus to Tahoe, and um, he he was playing blackjack, and I was playing blackjack, but we were playing on different tables. But he was like an eye ring. I could see him, you mm-hmm. know. And I saw him. He was kept cashing all these. Hundreds of dollars of checks. And he was losing, I assume, because he was writing all these checks.
0: He was writing checks, like bank checks?
1: Like his personal checks. To
0: get money? Okay.
1: To get money to gamble on. And he had done it so much that the, the guy that worked there had to call a manager down to make sure it was okay for them to keep giving him money, mm-hmm. you know. So... I made sure I didn't gamble all the money away because I knew I was going to need to get it fixed when I got back by some heroin because I I was starting to get sick, you know, and we'd been there all day. And um, I knew what time a bus was coming back to Sacramento, so I told him, let's go, and he didn't want to go. He wanted to stay there and gamble some more, but I had no idea what was going on, I just figured, hey, you know what? Dude's worked hard all his life, you know, done everything for everybody. And if he wants to gamble and spend some of his money, he deserves to. That's how I felt. But I didn't know he was like taking loans out and mortgaging the house and this and that. And and, uh, I didn't know that till later. On down the road when Grandma told me, and I could, I was like shocked, you know. Mm-hmm. So I came back home, and I don't know when he came back because we weren't really all that much in touch with each other because I was out running the streets, strung out on heroin, and. Uh,
0: how did how did he get in touch with you to come with them?
1: I don't even remember. Because I wasn't like, I was like staying in motels and stuff, running the streets, staying at different friends' house.
0: Do you think that you called him just out of the...
1: I think he probably came and found me. Oh. Or maybe I went over there by the house or something. I really don't remember. Mm Hmm. But... um,
0: And you had done this before? You had gone with him before? Or this was just out of the blue? One time out of the blue. Okay. Were you, well, if you were strung out on heroin, you probably don't. Were you, like, confused? Like, why is he asking me to go to Tahoe for No,
1: now? and to be honest, I really didn't question it. I just wanted the money.
0: Okay, so you saw opportunity to get money for... My next fix. And did you gamble, or did you just save all your No,
1: you? I gambled some, but um, I made sure I had some <laughs> left to... Uh-huh come back
0: with okay so then I guess we'll just talk about this trip so he you wanted you needed to leave because you needed to get Mm -hmm. you didn't you couldn't get heroin in Tahoe you have to know people or Mm -hmm. so then so you left and he stayed there right and that was the end of it you have there was no that was it Mm -hmm. and then what did you do you came home. Where were you living at that point?
1: I was living. I was living. You know what? I wasn't on the streets. I was living in Risa Avenue. You remember that place?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they mean, well, there was times that they lived there with me.
0: Mm-hmm. Amy and Angela? Mm-hmm.
1: Like after Frank died, I got off the heroin, and I studied with the Jehovah's Witnesses for a year. And I got my life pretty much together. And then I started using again. And it was during that time, now that I think about it, that he... So then he would have come
0: to your came, apartment or yeah, something?
1: Yeah, yeah. And we went, because that's where I was living when I found out that what had happened.
0: How did you find out?
1: Oh, God. That was so horrible. It it just makes me sick that Ruby was the one to do it, because I felt like she was, like, it in my gut. You know, I don't know why Grandma couldn't have called me out. made me so mad because I didn't like her anyway. And and for her to call me and and the way she did it and everything.
0: uh, Ruby's your sister. Yeah. So what what did she do?
1: Well, the phone rings. Got one of those phones on the wall, you know, the little square, Mm -hmm. the little, and the phone rings and I answer it and she said, Dad died. And then, And, like, if that wasn't a big enough shock, the next words out of her mouth was, he committed suicide. And then that hit me. And then I just remember sliding down the, I was up with my back up against the wall, and I just remember sliding down the wall and just losing it, just hysterically losing it. And then I remember I yelled out, was it my fault?
0: Were you on the phone? Yeah. Still?
1: Yeah. Um, So anyway, um, but that was morning time. Right. That's why I thought it just had happened. And why would Grandma go out there in the middle of the night and find him out there in that little washroom? I don't know. I bet you there was something... If Garrett heard heard something, grandma said the police were looking at her like she had done something.
0: Yeah, if I remember correctly, they made it a crime scene because it didn't seem like what happened could have been done alone, if I remember correctly. And I do remember one of the neighbors, I can't remember what neighbor, it was a lady. And she had come by to say sorry, you know, maybe a week or so later, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe a month later. I don't mm-hmm. remember. But she said that her and her husband were on a walk that night and they thought that they had seen something going on in there because it was that little side. It was a little side garage right. built yeah. on where yeah. they had yeah. the washer and dryer yeah. and there was light out there Um but I feel like they treated it as a, a crime scene, not, not just like somebody committed suicide. So,
1: Do you think that maybe she helped him or do you I think maybe he paid somebody to come in and help him? or?
0: I don't know. But I, I feel like with as many different things being said about it, something happened. I don't think somebody was... I don't think somebody was trying to hurt him, but I feel like he was trying. Obviously, he was trying to cut his wrists open. Right. And maybe he couldn't do it by himself. And maybe somebody helped him.
1: You think grandma did?
0: I don't know. I never really thought about it till now.
1: Me neither. But she goes, they were looking at me like I did something.
0: Yeah. Well, it is kind of, you know, this is all I'm. This is all brand new to me talking about this, but I, it is strange that, like, did she go out there in the middle of the night to see what Actually, was happening? No, I
1: didn't know till now it was the middle of the night. I thought it was in the morning because I didn't get called until, like, I'd say, like, 10, 11 o'clock, hmm. maybe even noon. Hmm. I wonder if Ruby had something to do with it. I don't know.
0: Well, she lived down the street. She was a nut. I, you know, now that I we're talking about it, I would like to maybe see the police record. Because I don't remember what time it was, but I do remember it was, I feel like two in the morning, like late. like. But then again, I don't know. I don't remember what time we went to bed. And I don't remember what time that was because after we had talked to the police, I went back. We went back to bed and I didn't check the time. So maybe it was maybe it was four. You know, I don't know. Maybe that was still dark. I don't know what time it was. I would like to know that.
1: Well, the public can get those records.
0: Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: So. So then you said Ruby called you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you asked, and you said, is it my fault? Was there any more conversation with her? No, I
1: don't remember anything after that. What did you do? I went over to grandma's house.
0: Was the police tape still up? No. Was it the same day for sure?
1: I thought it was.
0: Was Ruby there? Yeah. And what happened then when you when you got there?
1: I don't really remember per I'm guessing I was crying and upset.
0: Were you and you were on heroin at that point? Yeah. And then after after that day, did you ever talk to grandma or Ruby about Anything that happened, or
1: well, like what they thought, or well, eventually, like I said, grandma told me that he must have felt bad because he was gambling and had taken money out of the house. And then, and then I either heard from I think it was her or Ruby that he had tried to cut his wrist before then, but I thought it was
0: all in the same.
1: I thought it was a couple
0: hours or so? No,
1: I thought it was like before before oh. like a week before or something. Oh. I didn't know that was all done at once. <sighs> I couldn't stand Ruby. How come? She was a bitch.
0: Even in adult life to you?
1: All the time. All the time. You know, there was never no... It wasn't like she was even a sister to me.
0: Yeah. Didn't you live with her at some point?
1: Yeah, and she tormented me. Remember I told you about locking so? me out and I had to bust the window to get in? And-
0: that was when you were a kid. Yeah. Now, didn't you live with her as an adult, like on the same street? where
1: For a week.
0: Oh. <laughs> but wasn't there a story of something? Didn't you, like, steal her driver's license? Or well, something, n- didn't you get arrested and gave him her name or something? <laughs> Tell me that story. That <laughs> sounds like a funny story.
1: <laughs> well, looking back on it, I made amends for that, though, and I copped to that, and I did time for that. When I got into recovery, I, m- I made amends, and I copped to it, and I even told the police I did it, and went to jail for a weekend or something for it. Okay, how'd that come about?
0: Did that happen when you were living there?
1: No, okay. and I didn't steal her driver's license. I, I knew that her driver's license started with an A. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I went into Kmart and I stole a pair of tennis shoes.
0: The Kmart by grandma's
1: house? Right. Okay. And I stole myself a pair of tennis shoes. And then when I walked out, I had security behind me and they took me in the store and um, and I gave them her name. And then they asked me what my driver's license number was. And I, and I says, oh, I don't know it offhand. I said, but it starts with an A. And, you know, I knew her date of birth and all that stuff. So they took a Polaroid pic- picture of me. Anyway, they just wrote me out a citation and let me go. They didn't. Okay. take me to jail or anything
0: how old were you at this
1: point hmm. probably in like 26 okay 27 around in there okay so
0: so they let you go.
1: Mm-hmm. And I never did anything because it wasn't in my name, it was in her name. Mm-hmm. So then when I got into recovery and I saw the error of my ways and I knew I needed to make amends for it, I went to the police station and I told them what I had done. And um and they called Ruby and told her and um she said that she was relieved because, cause she got in trouble for not going to court and stuff. Oh, really? Because was in her. They thought it was her.
0: She, how did she get in trouble, or she, what happened?
1: Because they gave me a court date and mm-hmm. her name. She, and so Ruby, she had
0: a warrant for arrest.
1: She was yes. She was. Did for, she
0: was she notified?
1: Yes, and it was a big old rigmarole, I guess and trying to figure out what happened. And the Polaroid picture they took of me was so, it was like blurry or something. They couldn't really tell who it was. So she had to change her whole driver's license number and all this stuff. So when I went in and I turned myself in for doing that and they notified her and I guess she was sort of glad that she knew what, you know, had happened.
0: How many years had passed from when you did that and from when you went in and shoplifted and gave her name to when you went in and made it right?
1: Probably about six or seven.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So a long time. Yeah. It wasn't like a few months later. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So I got in trouble for impersonating or something along those lines. And I went to jail for a weekend for it. And I was at A House, I was in recovery, and I had to go do a weekend in the jail. But I sort of felt good to get that off my chest.
0: Do you think that the way she treated you after that Was better, worse, the same?
1: Same. There was just never nothing.
0: Do you you feel that what you did may have contributed to her not liking you?
1: No, she never liked me.
0: You don't think that made it worse?
1: (laughs) No. It was always bad.
0: (laughs) Okay. Is there anything you want to talk about or mention or
1: emotionally drained
0: get off your chest
1: you know sometimes I miss my parents yeah it's like I'm the last of that little Mohican tribe there mm-hmm. you know the four of us
0: how do you miss them <laughs> or when do you miss
1: them just randomly
0: what do you miss
1: Just them being there. Just even though, just like grandma's little quirks and all her little superstitions and German stuff and the cooking spoon and the spooning in bed and and, uh, the eagle mutts and, uh, you know, all that stuff and grandpa being so sweet and kind and... Good, good all the time. I don't miss Ruby though.
0: Well, it doesn't sound like you really had anything with her anyway. No. Do you ever think if if you didn't have the addictions you had and you know you did your life differently do you do you think it would have been you would have had a better relationship with your parents?
1: That's a hard one to answer because. I don't know if anything would have ever been good enough for Grandma. Um, As far as Grandpa goes, yeah, in fact, I feel guilty that after all he did for me and how he spoiled me and how he tried to do good things for me, that at the end, When he was going through, you know, he hadn't been going through depression or, you know, Mm -hmm. for a while before he did what he did. But um, that I wasn't there for him. And I don't know if this is true or not, um, but I was at at a point in time when I was working for the effort. I was remember when I used to take care of like Irene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was doing that in the mornings for Grandma Willa. Not taking care of her, but doing some chores around the house for like an hour and a half in the in the mornings before I went into the effort. And one day she was talking to me, and she says, she goes, she brought up that Grandpa, the the day before the day of called her looking for me. Now, I never had heard nothing like that before, but she told me that and it made me feel like, oh my God, he he needed me and I wasn't there for him. And I told Ange about it and Ange said that, that she didn't believe it because she said that grandma would have told her that. So I don't know if that's true or not, but, Maybe, if I wouldn't have been all strung out on drugs and all estranged and stuff, maybe you know i could have I could have been there to help him if he wasn't happy and he wanted like to be out of there and he wasn't happy, you know I could have taken care of him and um, yeah like that would have been different. Do you ever cry? Yeah. When. <laughs> so, Grandpa was a good guy. Grandma was good in her own way too. She was just set in her. Yeah. In her ways.
0: All right. That's
1: enough
0: for today. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of The Ilona Effect. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support us, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at The Ilona Effect. Our email address is Effect at gmail.com.